Hi, this is Charles Kelly. How are you doing? Nice to see you again. I uh, hope you're having a good day. Uh, in, in London, uh, there's been a few changes this week. The, uh, the, the government has announced that people will have to wear face masks in shops. Personally, I don't know why they, they, they just don't do it everywhere. Most places I go now, I, I only see maybe 10% of people, maybe a little bit more, wearing masks, maybe 15%, but not that much more. And it's not just like young people. It's, it's all sorts of people that just walk around with no masks. Um, so I, I think it's a good thing. Hopefully it will stop the spread. In the UK, we've had Leicester on a, on a lockdown. And now I understand Blackburn, uh, a city up in the northwest, has also been mentioned as a possible candidate for another lockdown because there's been a spike in cases in those cities. And, you know, we, we don't want to see this coming back and then having even more lockdowns and, and more problems. Now, this comes as we learned that the economy did grow slightly in May by 1.8%, but it was a lot, a lot slower than expected. I think the, the economists and the government, the Bank of England, were expecting a bigger bounce, maybe 4 or 5%, because there'd been such a depressed few months in you know February, March and April. But it, but it only went up by 1.8%. And that's based on figures by the ONS, the Office for National Statistics. So they are official figures. And, you know, this comes at a time when the government had started to open up things or money well, they hadn't done in May. But at, at the moment, they're starting to open up lots of different types of shops. And, you know, most shops now can open. OK, you can't uh, have your eyebrows plucked or something like that. But, you know, most shops can open. Yet not all the shops are open. For instance, sandwich bars, Greg's, I, I haven't seen them open. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on because they're just a, a takeaway sandwich bar. Um, I, I don't know why they're not open. They could have opened weeks ago. Lots of other shops have only just started to open. I know Starbucks were open for takeaways, but they could have been open for takeaways all through the lockdown, but they were not. And then they opened, but they wouldn't put any seats outside. Now they have put a few seats outside. So I, I don't know what's going on. I mean, it could be that some of the shops are not open because it's not worth it. Indeed, uh, in in the West End, they published figures uh, today saying that the, the foot flow around the West End and places like Piccadilly was down 75%. I spoke to shops on an anecdotal basis. I spoke to shops local to me, like my, my favourite fish and chip restaurant. He said, you know, business is down. They're only getting about 25% of business. Um, they've, they've put out a few tables, but it's only a small place. So... You know, if you want this social distancing between tables, you can probably only get about, you know, maybe 10 people in there as opposed to sort of 50 that you had before. So it, they're finding it really, really tough. And that's why I think a lot of them maybe won't be coming back. Maybe maybe they'll just, you know, close down stores. As, as companies like John Lewis have done, they've just said, well, we're, we're going to close down, I think, six or seven stores, which are big places. They employ thousands and thousands of people. In fact, they're going to be laying off around 5,000 people. And these are not, you know, stores in small towns. These are places like Birmingham, where, you know, it's a massive big shopping centre, modern, nice shopping centre, actually. And I, I can't believe they're closing that, that branch down. So I, I think, like in America, we, we're seeing a few stores along the way. And in, in America, in fact, California has gone back into lockdown uh, again. So... That, that's, a, that's a massive setback because California was one of those states that, that locked down early and, and thought they were OK and they were better than some of the southern states and this sort of thing. But, but now they, they've, gone, they've had to go open up a, 
a lockdown again. So that that is a big blow for for California there. And and California's economy is is the size of of most countries. If you there's a statistic that if you put if California was a country, it'd be in the top twenty or thirty in in terms of economy. So it's a, it's it's a big economy, and so I, I think although things should be opening up, I don't think they're opening up fully. Another report today is that many, many companies are deciding to close down city centre offices and let people work from home. They've realised that the technology is there to do it. And this this uh, virus has been a catalyst to move technology forward at a much faster rate. I mean, you've got everybody using Zoom and programmes like that and Team and that sort of thing. And people are thinking, well, you know, do, do we need an office? Uh, there, was, there was a lady interviewed on the news today who runs it. She said closing down the central London office saves the company £25,000 a month, a month. So it's, it's incredible. Uh, so I think we're going to see more properties coming on the market, maybe that were offices or were small shops, and maybe they, they, they will come up for sale and maybe they could be converted into, into flats. There could be opportunities around for small developers particularly with this stamp duty change that the, the Chancellor brought in last week. And, you know, this general build, build, build uh, men, uh, mantra that we keep hearing from the government and the fact that planning laws could be uh, lo loosened up a little bit uh, in, in the in the autumn. So all this could be good news for, for property developers if there's still a market there for people to buy properties because if you've got you know, uh, something like nine million people out on furlough and not all of those will come back uh, once the furlough scheme ends, then, you know, you've got big problems. If you've got rising unemployment and falling productivity, then you've got problems. And, and if you develop properties, you've got to have a market to sell them at the end of it. And this is why I think some of the, the larger developers maybe will be holding back, you know, pulling in the reins. Whoa, 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 let's not release so many properties at once. I know that the government and council say, oh, these developers, they sit on all this land, they don't develop it, or they get planning permission and don't they don't build. And the government's all about forcing uh, developers to build. But developers can only build what they can sell. There's no point in building on every bit of land and then putting thousands of properties on the market which won't sell. I, I know I've seen in previous recessions, like in the 90s, where whole developments were were just empty and and the and, and earlier recessions I, I saw properties in Docklands which were empty so some of the lenders the Alliance of Lesser said property in Docklands London Docklands was not suitable security for a mortgage which is crazy because in those days it was like a ghost town so you don't want to get back to that situation that's why developers have to be careful about when they build and, and, and how they build so I, I don't blame them for sitting on a bit of land and land banking and then building out as they go along and then releasing a few thousand here and there and, and, and then like, like they, they should be. Uh, another report today says, stated that if you're in a, a, new, a new housing estate, that the land that you thought was yours may not be yours. And uh, th this comes about where uh, a body called uh, Housing England uh, has actually been writing to people in some areas of, of the country, like Worcester, for instance, and writing to people saying, we own this bit of land. Do you want to buy it? And the, and the people are saying, well, hold on a second. That bit of land is in my front, my front driveway. How could you own it? But apparently there's been a massive cock up in some of these estates. 
uh, the land has been released to developers, but not all of it has, has, has been bought. And there's little slithers of land and little sections, little parcels here and there. It could be a, a strip of land that runs along the back of your garden fence. And, you know, the, the uh, Housing England is saying, well, you know, would you like to buy this? And if you don't buy it, well, maybe someone else will buy it. And that somebody else could be a telecoms company they might put a mast up on it. So just just check that. And these are people that had land registry searches done when they bought the property sometimes 20 years ago. And now a new land registry search has been uh, produced showing that they don't own all of the land around the boundaries of their house. And sometimes land owned by this this government body or Quango uh, has actually intrudes onto people's driveway. One, one guy had a bit of land where this strip of land went right across his, his front drive. So he had to then buy it from the Quango uh, at a cost of £750, as it would have cost him more to fight it than, than just buy it. So, so just be careful there. Now, the other big announcement today is that the government, uh, the, the Minister Oliver Dowden said that under a new bill, mobile UK mobile phone providers will be banned from buying new Huawei 5G equipment after the, th this year, after the 31st of December. And they'll have to remove all of the Chinese firm's 5G equipment by 2027. This comes as a major turnaround because everything was going towards Huawei, Huawei, Huawei. And, and now they've just completely reversed this decision under a lot of pressure from backbench MPs. And also the, the, un, under the... Uh, in light of the American sanctions against Huawei, and, and they're kind of using that as an excuse, but really they don't want Chinese firms spying on the UK. And, you know, we've got a massive uh, spat going on at the moment with China over the Hong Kong uh, people, uh, that, that China has gone, gone back on its agreement to, to, to allow certain freedoms in Hong Kong. And in fact, Britain has offered up to 3 million people who hold British overseas national passports refuge in this country and and it's possible that two or three hundred thousand hong kong residents could come to live in the uk they might say why are they offering all this refuge well okay officially they are british overseas nationals pa passport holders but they should really be full british passport holders because it was a british territory but they they changed the rules they sort of twisted the rules when it was handed over in the 90s and a lot of hong kong people said well, well sod it we're going to go to canada we're going to go to australia and I, th I think uh, now Britain is saying, oh, come to us. And Australia actually said, yeah, come to us, come to us. I mean, Australia is a country. This is the way they treat their refugees. They put them on an island off of Australia so they don't land on Australian soil. And they put them on a sort of penal colony off the coast of Australia until they, they either rot or go home. And and it's, it's, it's quite strange that... The, Australia is a country that started off as a penal colony. Now they've got a penal colony there. Or, or it's kind of a penal colony just for refugees. But when it comes to Hong Kong people, they're saying, yeah, come in, come in. And we're saying the same thing. Why? Because Hong Kong citizens generally are affluent. They're educated. They've got money. And uh, everybody wants them all of a sudden, apart, apart from China, I think. But th there's going to be a, a few more problems there. And I think we, we are going to see... I mean, the, the, the Chinese ambassador openly threatened Britain, said, you know, don't interfere with our affairs. If you, you know, we want to be friends, but if you don't want to be friends with us, then you will have to suffer the consequences or words to that effect, which is outrageous. They should just shut the embassy down and kick him out. Uh, but th there you go. So that that's happened today. Finally, and I'm actually pleased about it. I think we were 
too much in bed with China, we're too re reliant and dependent on China. Can you imagine a situation where if you get into an argument with China, they could almost kind of switch off your mobile telecoms capability or they could restrict your Internet? Um, it, it's, it's frightening, actually, what, what, what they could do. And in fact, if you look at what they're doing in the South Sea, uh, the South China South Sea, is that they're, they're just running military operations there. They put islands there with military bases. They put man-made islands in the sea with, with military bases. They've taken over land from the Philippines, uh, land from, from, Hong Kong, from Vietnam as well. And they're just running, marauding around that, that area like, like they, they own the whole of the South China Sea, which, is, which has never been the case. So there's, the, the, things are going to come to a head. In fact, the only leader that's really standing up to them is, is Donald Trump. Um, and like him or, or hate him, he has at least stood up to China. And now other leaders around the world are starting to wake up to China, European Union as well. So we'll have to see what happens there. Economically, I think the, these kind of trade wars could cause a problem. Uh, they could cause a market slump. And I don't think we're out of the woods yet, although the markets have gone up again since since the, the, the lows of, of March. And, and some of the markets in America are almost back up to where they were in January, which was an all time high like the Nasdaq. I, I don't think we're out of the woods yet. I think there's still problems to come. Um, and, you know, we, we saw today that uh, JP Morgan Chase has written off about 28 billion in, in possible bad debt loans. Uh, so. You know, that's a sign that maybe there's going to be a lot more of that to come. I, I just feel that uh, we, we hadn't really got over completely the last recession. And then, then we're into another one now with COVID-19 still not over yet. It, whatever this virus is, it's still not over. And, you know, we've got all this unemployment going on. In America, unemployment is approaching, I think, 50 million, which is like depression level. And, and the government keep just pouring money into the into the problem. But that money is just printed money, really. Uh, it's just printed money out of thin air. And that will, first of all, devalue the currency. And secondly, it could cause inflation. And thirdly, it has to be paid back somewhere along the line with higher taxes or, you know, just paid on the, the never never where our children and our grandchildren will end up paying for it. Um, so in, if it's if we are into a long recession or depression, now's the time to start thinking about what you're going to do to, to, to get through this. And it may be that your job could be one of those jobs at risk through automation, through AI. It could be that your business is at risk because they, they'll no longer need that type of business. They'll no longer need so many restaurants or offices or, or whatever it is. You've got to start thinking about this. And in fact, there's a, there's a seminar next week, an e-commerce seminar to perhaps teach you some, some new tricks. Uh, maybe you can learn some stuff about how to get into e-commerce uh, or you can learn how to turn your business into an e-commerce business from a physical business. Now, in, in some ways, things are bad, but the, the e-commerce companies are booming, aren't they? Amazon is booming. Uh, Jeff Bezos is even richer than he was a few months ago. Uh, companies that are doing business online are doing very, very well. And maybe it's the time you, you need to start learning how to do this. And it's a free seminar next uh, 19th of July, 7 p.m. I'll put a link up there and it just shows you how you could build a profitable e-commerce business within 90 days and maybe even replace your income. You know, thousands and thousands of people are doing it. In fact, Amazon is not just one big company selling its own products. They are a company that enables millions of smaller retailers. I, I call them retailers. They're online retailers 
to, to set up a shop online and sell their goods online and compete with bit much bigger companies. Something they couldn't do if they had to try and open up a shop in, in the best part of the of town or the best part of High Street. It's never been easy to set up an e-commerce business, very, very cheap compared to setting up a shop or a physical business where, you know, if you set up a shop and you spend maybe £25,000 a year on rent, maybe another 15000 in council tax and rates, you know, that's, that's you're into 40000 and you've got electricity, lighting and all that sort of thing. You could be into £50,000 a year or £1,000 a week before you even start selling anything. Whereas you could you could be online with an online shop on Shopify or, or, or Amazon, you know, for $30, $30 a month. And then you could test for your products to see if it will sell rather than open up a shop and then find out, well, oh, that didn't work. People don't want to buy that many mobile phone covers. And I, I just realized I have to sell 10,000 of them just to pay the rent. Well, you know, you should have thought about that before. Or maybe you should have been doing it online or start off maybe doing it from a market stall instead of committing to a maybe a five or a 10 year lease on a shop, which, which is just crazy. I think, you know, if you sign a lease on a shop or, or an office or a long lease, then you're, you're tying a noose around your neck that one day could come back to hang you when you, if your business goes down and the landlord says, I don't care about your business, I want my rent. Otherwise, I'm taking you to court and bankrupting you because you signed a personal guarantee. So just be careful of that. Have a look at the, the e-commerce cash flow and, and see what you think for yourself. It's a free seminar. You've got nothing to lose, really. Um, obviously, at the end of it, they're probably going to say, well, you know, set up a, a sell you a coaching program or, or a course or a long a, a, a paid course. But you don't have to do these courses. You can get a lot of information from these, these free seminars unless, of course, you want to. So thanks for listening. And, and th thanks for joining me. Demi there from from Switzerland. Monica, I hope you're doing well. Uh, Vix, how you doing? And, and everyone that tunes in on Facebook, I always welcome your comments and uh, just keep watching keep putting those comments and, and liking my 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 post thanks very much have a have a great evening and bye for now thanks for listening bye for now